Welcome to The Row Show. We're your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jake Green. And in this podcast, we're going to go into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a little bit about rowing. South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. Sacrifice, role as high fits, compassion, great passion, fiction, ultimate goal, glory, relentless training, pain, pain. (laughs) Hello, ladies and gents, and welcome to another banging episode of The Row Show. As always, it's myself, Lawrence Britton, and with me, it's Jake Green, and we're excited today to be bringing you another world champion. And we we chatting to Carolyn Florin from the Netherlands, and she's had a spectacular season, picking up a, a gold medal in the women's single skulls at World Championships, and that's after picking up a silver medal at the Olympics last year. So she really has had a spectacular two seasons in rowing, switching from the four into the skull. And she's got a background in racing many different events. She's raced in the quad before she got into the four in, in 2019. And uh, she seemed to have uh, taken the four all the way to the Olympics and picking up a medal in the first um, Olympics to feature the women's four as Olympic boat class. So really, really cool, cool athlete. And we think that you guys are going to love the, the discussion with her. For sure. And then, you know, as you said, uh, Jake, then splitting into the from the, the women's four into the single so so epic and i think that kind of lent itself to so many good topics for for us to chat about on the on the show and i think that really we i think it just really kind of encapsulate how um what an amazing athlete she is and also like just getting into such technical conversation which i thought was just incredible um so and uh, uh, you know actually there was that i'm sure the the listeners will will appreciate some of the the kind of details that we go into about kind of mental prep and stress about you know the 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 racing that kind of that happens at the at the top level so really really cool uh we also uh she's also part of a, a really big rowing family um with a, a lot of um her family representing uh the netherlands and or germany and kind of getting results in there so we get into to that at the, the end of the show and as always, our quick fire questions did not disappoint. Some really, really interesting answers. So I think uh, all in all, it's a great episode. And I think people are going to really appreciate and enjoy it. Yeah. And besides that, just a bit of housekeeping. A big shout out to our patrons out there, the huge supporters of the show. Um, and if you guys are interested in checking out, they get some bonus perks. They get access to a really cool WhatsApp group and uh, can listen to the interviews live amongst other things and you know if you if you would like to support the road show in other ways you can get in contact with us go follow us on social media tell your friends and family about it. it's always awesome to to have you guys uh, supporting us out there but yeah besides that um we'll let you guys uh, just mess- today, and just so. message us message us yeah. tell us who you want us to to get on the show and yeah just engage with us we always enjoy it when uh, when people and our when people when listeners reach out and and let us know what they they think of the show so yeah uh, we enjoy doing doing the show we enjoy bringing it to to everyone and yeah uh, i think that's enough of us jake let's get into the show enjoy Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Rose Show. And today we are joined by another world champion and Olympic medalist, Carolyn Florin from the Netherlands. Thanks for coming on the show. Yes, thank you for having me. It's really nice to be here. Yes. And, Is Jake uh, we've pronouncing very... your name right? Uh, 
It's all right. Uh, if I would say my name in Dutch, I would say Caroline Florijn. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Jake, <laughs> that's how you have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, it's all right. You say it pretty well. I tried my best, you know, it's, it gets tricky out here when you speak to people from around the world, but you know, just before, you know, just before we get carried away, I, I think to start off the interview, it'd be awesome to pick up where you, you've just left off and just get into the 2022 season. And, you know, you, you finished, you finished the Olympics last year and we'll, we'll speak about that a bit later, but, you know, just to start off with, could you just chat to us how, how the transition into the skull looked like getting um getting into the season because you'd spent some time in the fall and then you obviously had a phenomenal season in the skull um this year and that transition is 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 quite interesting and i'm just uh, i would like to hear how how it worked for you uh when you finished at the olympics and moving into the skull yeah so i think maybe people are wondering because obviously the the single is uh total different bone than the four but it's because now uh we so we changed for the women's team. A lot of things have, have changed this year because um, we have a new head coach now, a new program, a new training plan. And so everybody is training uh, in the single for uh, like a basic training. Everybody's uh, training in the single. And when we progress more in the season, uh, we're, everybody's going to row more and more in long boats normally. And um so during the selections in the singles, uh, they saw that I, I I was able to make some speed, um, also compared to the others. Um, and they said, uh, so you know, after you have a chat, uh, like, okay, what are you, what, what do you want to do this uh, season? And they said, if if you want, it's an option to be in the single. So uh, at that moment, that was like, uh, I really like to row in single, uh, and of course, it's a bit scary because you i i have never i didn't row internationally in the women's single um so you don't know what your level is going to be maybe i'm going to you know you did it i did the first world cup i was very nervous because you know maybe you're going to be in the c final and that's not mm. what i want so it's it's a bit of uh it's a bit uh i guess but because they were confident that i could try it i i wanted to give it a chance and it turned out to be Really nice, yeah. Had a nice good so, season. So, so the you know when when we chat to athletes on the on the show, they usually fall into like a particular group. You know, there's the the single scholars that are they love the single, they want to race in the single. They don't really want to be with the crew. They they enjoy the training on their own, and you know they kind of become obsessed with the single. And then you have all the athletes that have rowed in crew boats and you know, spend a lot of time and enjoy the, the team environment and the, the kind of group uh, the, the, or the, the feeling that they get from, from rowing with other athletes. And uh, I'll, probably the biggest question I want to ask is about how you've done both and how different, you know, the single when you're sitting on your own and you, you're having to, to train, especially, you know, through the winter or through kind of the longer blocks when you, you're just training by yourself, how are you managing the, the transition from rowing in a team to rowing by yourself and training by yourself? Well, so the good point right now is, um, like I said, everybody is training in basic in the single. So like every morning when we do the long training in single, um, you're with everybody on the water. So like this, you always have, you always row together with the others. Uh, 
you of course you can choose if you're going to be next to someone or not sometimes you know you want to row alone sometimes mm. you are looking for someone with the same speed so in that optic you don't you are still in the team you row together and of course you uh, well i i think there are uh, good and bad points about rowing in single and rowing in a crew what i really love about rowing in crew is that you share you share uh when you are racing, you share attention before a race. After, hopefully, when you had a good race, you know, you, you share the happiness of this. So this is um, a little different than uh, the single, I think. Um, because in the single, of course, you, you do it by yourself. That's what I like. You have control of everything you do. But after, you don't share what I say to you before the competition, you're nervous. You don't share it with some teammates. You have it by yourself, and that's you have to deal with that. Of course, it's part of it. That's that's different. What was your What was your reaction when you you raced at the first World Cup and you you came away with such a big win at the end of the A final? Were Were you after that race? Were you more determined to continue the season racing in the skull? And I'm sure winning by such a big margin in the first World Cup must have given you a lot of confidence to continue for the rest of the season. Yes, yes. Like you say, it was I think this 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 competition I was really the most nervous I have almost ever been because I was a new start and I was shaking and holding my oars, and mm. I uh, I had my heart rate monitor and I made a mistake because I could see my heart rate at the start and it was like 170 before I had started my race. <laughs> yeah. so I was really nervous and um, yeah, of course. When after when the the competition went that well, I think it was my best competition of the season, actually. Uh, of course, it gives you some uh, some confidence. You never, you know, you you didn't you you only win one World Cup, so it's not done. But it of course it gave me some confidence. I I was I knew uh, I was I was uh, able to have a certain level internationally. So this was mm. nice to know. Uh, and also, it's it was like a tryout, so it meant that I could do the second World Cup in single. Um, it's not like they're going to say, okay, you can do all the season in single. It's it's also going like this gradual, like step by step. So yeah, it was nice when the first race went well. Yeah. Uh, speaking about like the nerves, because uh, I always find like that, especially before you you start the race, like waiting on the start line. That's for me is the most nervous part of the of any race was there was there a big difference um between that first world cup when you first race in the single compared to the olympic a final last year well with the uh, olympic uh final i was um normally i am pretty chill i think but before the olympic final the day before i was really nervous i because in your head it's like okay this is like since I, I I am born, since I I'm very little, I've always wanted to go to the Olympic Games. It was my my dream, you know, to participate to the Olympic mm. Games. And then you are one day before your Olympic final, and you're like, okay, tomorrow is the moment. It has to happen. And um, of course, it was really uh, for us. It was really um, exciting because we didn't see the because our biggest opponents were Australians. And we didn't see them because of COVID uh, since two years. And we uh, they beat us in Linz in uh, in uh, yes in Linz in 2019 at the World Championships. 
And so, and since then we didn't race against them and only in the Olympic final, we saw them, we would see them. So it was really nerve wracking. But after, for me, when you start a routine, you know, with warming up, uh, everything, it's, it's the protocol. It's, you feel, okay, you know, this is, it sounds weird, but it's like the races you do every time. It's not very different than that. You don't have to do something special, but mm. yeah, of course, in your head, uh, you have some more emotions before the race as you know as the season progresses you you picked up another win at the next world cup and then i think going into european championship that must have been quite a big regatta i know it seems that for like a lot of countries the european champs is almost as big as as the world champs and i think that that might have been your most dominant performance of the whole year as, as coming away with the win at european champs and what was the feeling of becoming a world champion and i mean We'll talk about that just now. But what was the feeling of becoming a European champion your your first time round in the single skull? Uh, yeah, I was ha happy, um, of course, with the result. But uh, for us, for the Dutch team, the the European Championships were not um, very important. Like uh, it sounds a bit contradictionary, and um, it was not. It's not. The coaches say uh, the, the head coach he wanted to continue to do a lot of training because mm. he wanted us to be at the best at the World Championships. So, um, uh, and other you know you um, other countries do it differently. I know the Romanians yes. they were very dominant, very good, um, but the Dutch <laughs> they they were not really at their best. So, um, but of course you know as an athlete in a boat you want if you do a race you want to win it. So, um, yeah, you tried, well, I tried to be a, a bit smart, you know, with the preparation to not be uh, totally empty when I am at the start, because for me, then there's no sense to do a race. So I was happy that with the energy, um, how to say, to be, I was smart with my energy and finally it was, uh, yeah, it was good enough. And, uh, I, yeah, of course I was happy. Mm. So so then i mean obviously you just touched on the on the fact that like going to the olympics you hadn't raced the um australians for you know a number of years and then this year was actually very similar because you got onto the start line at uh, at world champs into the the, the a final and you haven't raced uh emma twig uh, at any of the the other regattas at any of your other a finals so and you know then she's the olympic champion and uh, it must have been a very similar feeling you know a lot of uh, nerves going up against uh, emma twig into the in the in the a final yeah yeah that's correct yeah and for me she's you know she's such such a talented and big athlete in the sport and i i really admire her so um it was like oh wow you know i i am i can race her and uh, she's so good and um it yeah it was really I felt I've, it, it was for me also special to race her. And um, yeah, like you said, we only, I only, I raced her the first time in the, in the final. So we didn't right Yeah. Before I, I didn't race her and, and she was, she would be the, my biggest opponent. So it was very, yeah, very nerve wracking. And um, also I had a little bit of bad luck because um before the we were in altitude camp just before the world championships and um i became sick at the end of it so it was also um it was not really the my the it, it didn't give me a big confident 
uh, a confident mm. feeling because it took some time before I, I came back in shape. It was it, it took like two weeks uh, before I felt uh, a bit like better and the training were really bad and it was like a down going spiral and uh, yeah that you know just before the world championships you want to be to have the best feeling of the season to feel uh, like you are you know the best of all the season and it, it was really not the case so it was um, I think I, uh, also because we had some withdrawals we didn't have a, the quarterfinal so that mm. also gives some day of rest between the heats and the semi-final and I was really happy about that to be honest and because of that I, I it it, it gave me back again some energy that I missed because of that uh, yeah and you know I think that's a big element that athletes have to deal with is the is the injury and fatigue and sickness it's it's something that happens to all of us and especially at the worst of times you know before world champs getting sick is obviously not the, the best time you know what what was the what was the mentality going into world champs after being sick and like how how do you navigate um something like that and staying focused on on the rowing what was your what was your mindset going into world champs after after that sickness well i think um you know because obviously we have a program but then okay you have to adapt because uh if i i continue to do all of the training which first i i did i continued but then um yeah, it, it became worse because I was not ready for it yet. So you have to be able to adapt to make some changes and to see what is the best for you. And um, I, that's, to be honest, I was not really looking forward for the World Championships because mm -hmm. I was not feeling great. And then everybody's asking you, oh, uh, how are you? Why you didn't do this, this speed training? And then it's it's not really easy, you know, because your life is about rowing all the time you are in the rowing environment. So, um, yeah, uh, finally, I really tried to, you know, to turn it off. If people ask me something, I would give a response. Oh, I feel great. It was not like that, but then, you know, you, you, yeah, you deal with it and, um, to try, really try to stay calm and yeah, it was not really easy. Uh, all the time um, because you know you do your training every day so you can see your heart rate you know how you feel so you know yeah. you're not yet at at your level that you want to be so um i didn't find it really easy i think that's like one of the trickiest things about being an athlete is managing those you know everyone else's expectations and your what you know is is how you feel and and what you are you, like your expectations and i think sometimes athletes can get carried away with you know what other people think they they're going to be able to do and they lose focus on on where they are at and then other times you know not only focusing on where you're at and not realizing what um, other people kind of believe that you can that you can be and i think managing that balance is so important as a as an athlete and that's where you can really reach your potential is when you you start to get the your, your own mental state into the, the right place to, to perform. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think, well, I don't find it always that easy. And of course, everybody, everybody has their ups and downs. So um, I think if you are not at your best, the best, the best thing is to continue mate, and to keep it a bit easy. And then 
after you're going to again to have you know a better period so just to be patient sometimes that's i think the solution but it's not it's not easy definitely that must have been something different as dealing with that in the skull versus dealing with that in the four and i'm sure it must have been a new thing for you this season there's probably a little bit more flexibility when it comes to the skull because you buy yourself so i'm sure it it must have helped to a certain extent that the fact that you were in the skull and that you had much more control over your own training and your own um, ability to respond to the you know to the situation and i'm sure you know dealing with the coaches as well it, it can i find it can get really tricky when you're in a crew boat and then someone goes down it's not always straightforward getting the you know the crew back and up and running well um uh, to be honest of course i would have still you know tried everything in my capacity to be again good at the world championships but when you are in a four you know it's little bit easier sometimes uh okay i'm going to you know you row with the crew and they are if they are good then they it's it compensates a little bit for you. But if you are in a single and you are not good, you you know you don't have someone who can mm. uh, catch it up for you. And of course when you when you when you row in long boats and everybody has to be uh, at their best too eventually in the important moments. But then you know you still have your teammates to to drag you uh, through it. And um mm. But yeah, when you are in single, you have to 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 think about your own plan and to think how, you know, um, you are the per- the person uh, who wants the most that you are going to be good at the final moment. And when you are in a team, of course, everybody in a, in a longer boat, everybody, you know, if I row together with someone, they have to be, uh, very fit and at their best too. And um, I think that's a, that's maybe a bit different. I want to go. I want to go into. Go, like carrying on on this kind of train and this kind of topic is what do you think made you like what do you think gave you the most speed going from the four and rowing all these crew boats and then coming into the single and then having you know an un, unbelievable season i mean we haven't even really spoken about what an incredible season that you you had this this uh, in 2022 i mean you came on board you know, uh, World Cup one, World Cup two, European champs, all golds, and then taking the the gold at World Champs. I mean, it's a it's a season that every athlete kind of dreams of. And yeah, so what do you think gave you the edge in the single? From do you think it came from rowing in all these crew boats and and all the time you spent uh, rowing in the fours and and in the bigger boats? Yeah, definitely. Of course, I I think with rowing, you know, you build the years of experience. Uh, years of training and all that uh, in combination with the new training program I think it works very well um, men and women everything now is more uh, mixed the team environment is really really good uh, all of that leads that I think um, everybody progress not only me you see it in all the Dutch team everybody uh, became better this year and um, I think it yeah so I think it really paid off the racing in that a final world champs you know it wasn't straightforward for you we just spoken about the the build up but coming starting the race and you know you you seem to just get in front of emma and, and stay stay just in front of her and then you seem to have such a strong last 500 to take you know take away the race and, and win in, in a dominant fashion and then just like that you you know world champion in the single skulls 
it must have been an incredible feeling after, especially after that build-up, to come away with the win against you know the Olympic champion. And just overall, the the Netherlands rowing team had, I would say, a really successful world champs. You know, the year after the Olympics, there were lots of boat classes that were on the podium. So I think it must have been a really special experience for you to to win and in such a fashion. Yeah, well, so my race was on Sunday. So uh, on Saturday, the a lot of races, they were on Saturday. And normally, I can't really watch the races because it makes me too nervous. But mm. I was so curious how it was going. And I watched them and everybody was doing so well. And it it gave me really, you know, like a feeling of, oh, wow. You know, it, it really inspired me. And on Sunday, um, yeah, so uh, I was on the start. And uh, actually, finally, when I was at the start, I was pretty relaxed because I, I thought, okay, I don't have much to lose, you know. I'm sure I'm uh, the fir- first six uh, in the world, so it's, it's already pretty nice. Uh, so I'm just going to enjoy. And um, I was happy. Um, uh, I, I my strategy was I, I tried to be in front of uh, Emma, and um, because I knew she would have a really strong uh, third, second, and third 500 meter. Um, so I, 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 I thought, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, to try everything to stay the first 1000 meter in front of her and, uh, it worked and it was, yeah. So for me, it was pretty a nice position because I was only racing her and I had her really in my, in my eye because she was mm. really next to me. So it was a nice, uh, really nice position. And I would like to add something to the, uh, what we say before, like how, how it became that, how it, uh, came that the Dutch team and mm. that the performances are so well it's also it's also everything around the rowers like the team around the rowers that is built like we have um i think it's really this is a really big step in the professional rowing in holland is the we have uh, now the uh, kitchen like that makes food uh, for after the training so directly after the training in a bosbaan you have like you can eat bananas um what you want um and that, so directly you have your proteins, your carbs, you know, for the recovery, um, like the physiologists that, that are tracking everything, make the schedule, uh, the physio, doctor, um, masseurs. So all the team, you know, around the athlete, they are mm. trying to make the way for you as athlete as easy and good as possible. And I think that is, that is also uh, very nice that we have such a big team around athletes um yeah that's very important i think oh definitely 100 percent. and that was actually going to be my my next question because you know being you know you've been part of the the dutch team for a while and especially the women's side has had a lot of uh, really good years but i think that this year was probably one of the best years that the the dutch team has had for for a long time and you know you've obviously been with them for a long time so you know kind of what were the changes You've kind of touched on them a little bit. So I think the team is, and that support team is always so important. I think my best years of training was when, you know, that as an athlete, you don't have to think and you don't have to stress and worry about, you know, uh, many other things. You're just focusing on training and getting the the best training that you can. But, you know, was the, was the team quite different? Because you, you already mentioned that the coaching uh, changed from uh, 2021 to, to 2022. Was the did the team change quite a lot um, between uh, the the Olympic years and the other years that you've been in the team with to to this year? 
Yeah, so first we were training under uh, Yossi Verdongschot. And uh, so now we have to transition. This year we had to transition to Ilko Mainhorst, and he is now the head coach of men and women. So this is the first aspect that is really uh, a nice change for everybody. That right now it's like really one team, men and women, and everybody support each other. Like before, uh, we were in different training uh, camps, and especially with COVID, because. Every, of course, you were avoiding each other because uh, we were not training together. We had different training camps. So only in, it was like in a competition, you saw each other. So it was really a different uh, ambience uh, and environment than it is now. Now, you know, it's really relaxed. Um, so I think this is nice, a nice change. Um, so and after we have also some uh, new staff, new coaches, uh, so for us, we have uh, also the new uh, physiologi physiologist. Um, and um, so, yeah, I think all of this contributed that we are a better team now. That's awesome. It is, it is, it is awesome to hear. And obviously, hopefully, I'm, I'm sure we'll expect some fantastic things from the Netherlands rowing team going forward. But, you know, going... On onto onto a new topic. On I I I want to put. Oh, but wait, Jake. Yeah, but Jake, we we didn't touch on because you must have been you must have felt quite special after World Champs because you know the the Dutch team had. I'm looking at the results now. The Dutch team had uh, out of all the Olympic uh, bow classes nine medals, um, but you were the only one to to bring home the the gold medal. So you must have felt uh, quite special after that, and I'm sure a lot of people. Were, were quite ready to to jump into 2023 and uh, and turn their silver medals into into gold medals in the team. Oh yeah, of course. well, I think everybody was happy with the medal that they won. But obviously, <laughs> if you if you you know if if you have the choice between the color, you I think everybody would choose the gold medal. So yeah, and and I was you know very proud and happy to have a gold medal and. Um, yeah, we will see what what it brings for the next years because um, I think you know we had the most successful world championships I think ever, and um, but you know next year is going to be the qualification the year after obviously the Olympic Games so um, yeah I think you know we have a very strong team and hopefully you know we can develop everybody can even improve more and hope yeah hopefully we will have more gold medals the next few years i'm sure you will to put it to put it back you know i want to i want to get into your your experience at the you know at the olympic games and just to start off with you know the first season that you were in the fall was in 2019 and you guys had an absolutely phenomenal season but there seems to have been a huge shift from you know 2018 Going into 2019, you finished 2018 in the in the quad, and you won um, you won a bronze medal in the quad, your first your first world um, medal at World Championships. And then speak to us about how what did the process look like of going from the quad into the four, because you joined three rows from the women's eight, um, and then you got into the four, and then you obviously had a really good season, finishing with the silver medal at the World Champs. So. How did how did that happen, and what was it like getting getting into the four for the for the first time? Uh, well, this four uh, with two of them, we had already rowed at the under twenty threes in two thousand seventeen. Mm. So only the the both seat Ellen she 
she was new to this force, so it was not totally strange to row in this combination. And um, yeah, so we had after 2018, so I rode in quad and then we had uh, some selection and I joined the sweep, sweep uh, rowing team. And um, I, so I, I, uh, I came in a four and directly, you know, we, we had a, it rode directly very, very nicely and the competitions, the results uh, paid off. The training paid off because we had good results. So, of course, that makes it even nicer, you know, to row in this uh, in this boat. And um, it was much fun. Um, and yeah, like I said, we because we had already rowed at the under twenty three, so we already had the basic in this mm. boat. So that's I think also why we had a very easy start together. Mm. I think a very good synergy. I'm take it from racing under 23s you must have known that within the group of people you had you you knew that you, you could work together very well and you had a good platform of success to to start the season off yes exactly yeah uh sometimes i don't know exactly sometimes it works like this you you row with uh, the people that are under 23 of course everybody not everybody but a lot of people they develop to the senior team and then you row again together and uh because you row together in the past it's it clicks like easier because you mm. you have already some experiences with each other. So when you stepped into the into the four, um, the Dutch team was probably and your four was probably one of the first crews to really embrace the sweep Alianti rigger from uh, from the Philippi uh, boat class. Do you was it inst- like did you feel much more comfortable when you rode in the in the Alianti, or was it more just a decision from your coach? Uh, well, it was a decision from the coach. First, we rode in Empacher, um, but yeah, well, I I really liked also the the Philippi that we rode in. So we tried it uh, on the first World Cup, and um, or I don't remember. We tried it during a World Cup, and uh, directly it was very nice. Um, it's funny that you noticed it, and. Um, after we saw that the development, because other crews are started also to have this boat, and um, I think I I didn't uh, keep track on it, but I think now a lot of mm. crews are using this boat. Well, I only remember because I so I was racing in the four in twenty nine pay uh, in twenty nineteen, but then you know watching you guys row uh, with the Alianti and seeing how well you were doing, I was pushing my coach to to get one because then when we did get it, I oh. actually did feel like it was a much better. I don't think it's I don't think it's a it's like much easier to row, but I enjoy the feeling that the Alianti gives you on the on the front end of the of the rowing stroke. You know the, how you can pick up the boat; it feels a bit more connected and locked up on the front. Yes, I mean. Um, than you know than the normal um, front wing. So that was why I I have it in my notes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was a new development, and um, like you said, I'm agree with your experience of this. Mm. Okay, so I yeah, I think it will be. I don't think there will be many boats going forward, you know, in the next five years that don't have the the Alianti rigger. The other thing I wanted to ask though is, did you race uh, with the the new comp blades um, for in the single now this year? I actually don't have that. No, I didn't. I didn't, and um, I'm I'm wondering 
if Melvin, because Melvin, he tried to complete me, I didn't try. Um, but maybe it's something for next season. You, I think it's always good to try new things and to see if you can be even faster. Um, and yeah. so I know Melvin, he tried them, but I don't think he finally did the races with them. So For rowing like changes, I think it's, it's much more like a personal feeling, you know, when you, if you get in and you use those blades and something, some part of the stroke feels better or feels easier, then obviously you're going to commit to them. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's written, you know, down in stone that, oh, these blades are much faster. And, you know, if you don't enjoy rowing with them, then, you know, you, you must change to row with them. I feel most uh, advances in rowing, if you, if you don't like them, then they're not worth uh, you know, uh, committing to them because they're not really going to make you faster if you don't believe in them. Yeah, I don't know if you have noticed it, but what I found was really phenomenal was the Swiss girl who uh, who wrote in single and she wrote with the Malcolm blades. In yeah. I, th- it, I think she wrote in a swift boat with Malcolm blades, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so I this just, was really mind blowing to see. It's mind blowing. It's so yeah. mind blowing. What what do you what, what do you think wh- why do you think she she did that I'm interested because obviously you you are Scullin now so what was what is your understanding of why she would want to use Macon blades I have really no idea but because when you see her it's not like when you see her rowing her she she doesn't have uh, she has a low rate mm, very and low she rate. but she must be really strong but when you see her because I saw the medal ceremony. She doesn't look really like, a, you know, like a big girl. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so for me, she's she's a phenomenal. I don't know how she does it. Um, what I would, what I would love to see is, I would love to see her test. Like, to I want to see the 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 speeds between rowing with the Macons and then rowing with the the Cleaver, because then, you know, it's one thing to say if that's what she likes rowing with and that's what she's going fast in. Then why not? compete like that but is it really faster for her to row like that than to row with a, a normal cleaver or is very interesting yeah, and, i must well, say if, if 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 i if i was her if i were her i would i would test it you know i would do some of course first do some training uh see the speed of steady state but after you know you have to do some acceleration some speed some some pieces uh, that's what I would do, you know, to test it. And after, you know, if you have a big difference, okay, you're really faster with this one. I I would choose this one. But if, you know, it's practically the same, of course, well, I would choose what I prefer rowing with. Yeah. Um, I think the coach, but, um, what did the, the coach said that um, it, that she'd done it first because of her, I think because of her back, she was so young. And then because she didn't want to hurt her back, I think, hey, Jake? Yo, I have no idea. You, 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 I, I'm not quite sure why she would do it, but I just find it quite interesting. You know, it's 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 very different to see someone rowing someone like the Macon Braids. And maybe maybe Carolyn, you next time you go to the boat park, you'll pull a pair of Macon Blades off the off the blade rack and put them in your skull and see see how they feel. Yeah, I can give it a try. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We had a lot of we had a lot of conversations on our on our row show group about it and uh, we it was just going around in circles like everyone like wow it's so amazing why is she doing it wow it's so amazing why is she doing it <laughs> <laughs> so so i'm sure yeah, that she's so was, young as well 
Very young. Yeah, and it's yeah. so impressive because she's winning as well. It's not even like, you know, she's winning by miles. And um, so it's, it's so impressive. It's very, very cool. Yeah, so... Uh, oh, God. Going, getting back into the four, we got a little bit of sidetracked there with the, the Mac on blades, but getting back onto the floor, I mean, into the four, the... The, the women's four was a new Olympic event for for last cycle, and I'm sure for you guys that must have been a, one of the one of a big motivation when you were gone into the four. It's like okay, this is now Olympic boat class. It's fairly it's fairly fresh. It's not quite cemented. And going to world champs, you you guys had had quite a, a successful season up until that point. You you picked up a win at the World Cup European Championships. I mean Euro, Europe European champions, and then. Getting to world champs, you're racing against Australians who seem to be the strongest competitors in that forward to that point. You come away with a silver medal. That must have been a fantastic feeling knowing that you you'd qualified for the Olympics, which was, you know, a dream of yours to, to get there. And and qualifying for the Olympics in um in the 2019 World Champs must have been a big thing in the women's four, and especially, you know, switching switching events from the quad into a new boat class and coming away with the win. So it must have been quite an exciting season um, having to switch boat classes, racing against a new set of, of competitors and then qualifying for the Olympics all in the same year. Yeah, like you say, so it was a new Olympic boat class. So, um, you know, of course, if it gets Olympic, everybody is going to put good people in this boat because, uh, yeah, you have you can go to the Olympics in it. And um, so I think uh, through the years, the... It, the boat got stronger and stronger. The boat got stronger, became stronger and stronger. And um, well, what you say, of course, we I, we were really happy with the result at the World Championships in 2019. But um, well, at least I always have the feeling that it's really everything is really uncertain because um, for the for Netherlands uh, maybe uh, no, I think for all the countries it's like this. But you know, the boat is qualified. So you mm. never know, you know, we change yeah, that, a lot. We have a lot of races and trials and yeah. you can have injury and things. So, um, of course, you know, it's the first step. You have to qualify the boat. So this is nice, but I always feel really not secure of my, my spot. And you always have to prove yourself. So, mm. uh, yeah, and actually it was something that we noticed was that your crew didn't change, which is actually unusual. Your crew from 2019 uh, you came second there, and then your crew, the same crew, raced at the the Tokyo Olympic Games, which is, you know, to keep everyone in the same boat, uh, to not have uh, changes or, or big injuries, is you know, uh, even that just by itself is uh, is impressive. Yeah, yeah, you're right, and um, you know, we we did a lot of uh, trials in pair and on the Urk, of course. So, um, yeah. We were very happy, you know, that we arrived to pass everything with each other because you have four people, you know, that every time they need to be good enough at the test. And yeah, so and the results have to be good because, um, well, I have the, I had the feeling that uh, directly, you know, when you do bad result, maybe they're going to swap everything to change everything. Mm. And look, we had one competition where we were not good. Uh, at the World Cup, but the rest we were, yeah, we 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 had medals. So, and do you think that helped you quite a lot, like keeping the crew the same? Like, how much do you think that adds? You know, when a crew can race, you know, multiple years together, like how much is that adding to their, you know, that 
team element and that the, the trust and the the trust between uh, all the athletes in the in the boat and, and in the crew well i think you also have an advantage as a crew because you know you you are really you know uh how everybody works in your boat and of course because you wrote so many times so many training sessions together you're really you know you know how the boat moves um, everything is uh, pretty smooth so this works in your advantage and in the same time it's also a bit um uh, until you are at the competition or until you are in the olympic final you also can be each other's like you can be each other's concurrent um it's a bit double because in the same that you know you want to be in the boat with each other but for mm. example when we were in paris you are each other's biggest rivals yes. and after the races of course you you know you are again teammates and everything is fine but you always have you know the internal competition um and this is also good i think because it keeps you you know uh, it keeps you sharp and uh, everybody's really motivated so it's also good but um yeah you are also like i say you can also be when you are in paris you are each other's biggest rivals so no i think the internal competition is is essential because we we often speak about the the difficulty in rowing is you don't actually race that many times in the year if you compare to the amount of time you spend training and one of the hardest things to to get right is to try to simulate that racing environment in training because you you, can, you can't you will never be able to race a world champs in training but how can you create an environment where it's as close to that as possible so you can prepare yourself for that race and i find one of the big things and i'm sure you find it too is that when you have very strong internal competition like that you're racing against each other in pairs that's one way and it's a very important way to prepare athletes and rowers for racing at these uh, world cups world champs olympics you know make sure that you have some time to prepare for the nerves and the stress that comes with racing yeah of course and to be you know to push each other physically also to the maximum and i find it sometimes that the inter internal competition gives you more stress and everything than when you are in a competition because then you know okay i i did it i am in the boat um you know you you know you have a, a certain level so then it's it's more relaxed and when you have competition you you don't know if you're going to be in the boat or not um what is it going to be the how are good are the others going to be because you can't you don't have any impact on that and every time again you have to see um how it's going to be so i, I think that's well at least for me i would say i think that's more it can be more stressful than when you're at the competition and also, yeah. like I say, you are really, I don't know why, but you're really each other's biggest rival. And when you are, may, also maybe because you know each other and you don't want, you don't want to lose. No. Everybody's There's... very competitive, obviously. Yeah, you're like, you hold everyone responsible as well. Your team becomes like you're building that trust between, you know, you know that you don't want to let your, your teammates down and you don't want, and they don't want to let you down and they want exactly. to do their, their best. And it's kind of that. And as you spend more time and you, you develop a, a good relationship and a good culture within the team, that element grows and grows and, and gets more important. And yeah, so I, that's, I, and for me, that is one of the best parts about rowing. I, I love that element of, you know, building a team, where everyone is 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 building that trust and and trying to to kind of 
earn that trust all the time when you know every time you you're out on the water it's that's my favorite part about about rowing i would say mm. the where i want to go i want to jump now into into the the olympic games you know obviously we had the the rough year of of covid and everyone is is pretty sick of of covid and how it and talking about it i mean we can touch on it obviously it was really really you know tough not having any racing and any competition not knowing uh if the olympics is going to go ahead or not and then finally getting it uh, getting it postponed and, and getting there after you know you managed to to race quite a bit in the build up between uh at in 2020 but you know it was com- it was a completely different environment uh, racing in in 2021 compared to to 2019 and and how it is now um you know what is it like those those last few weeks building up to the the Tokyo games and what is it like going to the Tokyo Olympics um, from your side and from, you know, the, the struggles with COVID? Well, personally, I was uh, very happy when we arrived in uh, Tokyo because before you, you know, you were so afraid to have uh, COVID because um, I think everybody, you know, you're, you put your social life on zero, you see nobody, but still, you know, you're and so afraid to, to catch it. And it was a bit weird because when we got in the airplane, you know, you, all the year you were so careful and then you were in the airplane and you sit next to random people and you're like, okay, a little bit <laughs> weird, but, uh, and then, you know, I, we were, I remember we, we arrived and, uh, you know, you have to do the test and everybody was, went through it. It was a right. And it was such a big relief. You know, we're like, okay, we made it. We're in Olympic village. We, we are COVID free. And you know, you had, you, 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 you know, it, you had like, 2000 tests before you were in the village so you yeah. you know you were confronted with it so many times and so and um so i we we thought we were safe um only um the men's team they had some delay because uh, there was a corona case in the dutch team in the netherlands so um it was a bit funny because uh the rowers that so they came later and the scholars, they, they came earlier than sweet rowers. So my brother was the spare of the sculling team. And he was the only one who was not in contact with this, with this guy who tested positive. So mm. he was the first one to come into the Olympic village and others, they had to, to stay uh, next to it in a hotel for one or two days. And uh, my brother of all people, he got, tested positive in um, in in Tokyo so yeah, it was after the um, rapid charge after the rapid charge um, I, I I don't remember exactly the rate I just remember you know yet you know he had uh, he had COVID and he said he because he slept he slept really early because the day after he would have a race I thought mm. he still had to do the rapid charge but I don't remember um, so he, he he went to bed very early at half past eight and then quarter past nine on the door, they were banging and they were like, uh, you have 50 minutes to take your stuff and to leave. And he was like, you know, he woke up, he was like, hey, what's happening? <laughs> and so he took um, he took uh, all his stuff as quick as possible. And um, he had to leave and uh, he had to do again a, a extra test. It was still in the Olympic Village. So he had to wait for the results. So he tried to sleep, you know, in the in the doctor's room because he thought maybe I'm still, you know, you never know. Maybe it's, it was a false test. I'm still going to, to be negative, to test negative, but 
so he he tested positive again. So it was done for him. He had to go to the uh, COVID hotel. Oh, and shame, um, man. yeah, it was it was really really uh, stressful because um, after there were more Dutch people that tested positive, it was on one flight, uh, probably where there was an infected person, and there were the athletes or people on that flight. Some of them tested positive, so we had uh, five positive tests in the Dutch team. So and the day, for example, the day before our final day, they were. They they uh, knocked on our door and they told us that the or two days before the final they told us that the head coach had tested positive too. Oh. So every you know, but every time when they knocked on the door, we were so uh, well me I, oh, I was so afraid I would test positive because then <laughs> you know I I screw I screw my boat uh, you know uh, okay you know we it was so stressful. Yeah. Because yeah, you live stressful. for this moment, and then every day when they knock, you're afraid everything was for nothing, and it's done. So it oh, was it's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. It's giving me anxiety even now. The, and then yeah. how close had you? Had you you must have been obviously you must have seen your brother, or you know, a day or two before he um, he tested positive. You must have been even more stressed because you know you you must have have seen him before. Well, because it was, you know, it was really strict. We were not really in contact with okay. the team. But after, you know, you were so afraid. You were like, okay, I, I, I pressed the button of the elevator. Maybe, you know, you, you didn't know uh, if you would oh. have it, uh, where it came from. So, uh, oh. our, yeah, like I said, our head coach, another coach of the women's team, they tested positive as well. So um, even though you were so um, careful and... It could still happen. For example, one rower, he was in a taxi with someone that, that had tested positive. Um, so yeah, you know, everybody was really stressed. And um, because you were tested every day in Tokyo, you know, every day could be a day where you could test positive. So it was some yeah, extra stress like, beside the... And, and again, the going back to the kind of like you feel you're like part of a team, you're responsible for, you know, your piece of a of a very serious team you know in a i feel for rowing it was even that little bit extra because you know in, in like a you know in a hockey team or a, you know a bigger team there's you know there's lots of replacements you know if you get it you ruin your your experience and you don't get to compete and and yes that might have a detrimental effect on the team but it's not like game over whereas i feel like if you get it in a rowing crew and you know you've got another three people depending on on you to perform you know just putting a substitution in is not um like it's not that it's, it's gonna really deteriorate the the crew's performance um so I yeah, feel exactly. it's it was that little bit even more stressful because you also you're not only worrying about yourself you're worrying about your your crewmates yeah, it was. Yeah, I would. Think... I would feel. I would feel so bad for them, and besides, for myself, of course, because I want wanted to row this final. But I would feel so bad for them if they wouldn't be able to row or to row with someone else because yeah. you are you are the first. Yeah. You don't also you don't want to be the first one. This is the most important. I think. Yeah, you don't and want to be. You know, the one who who ruins the worst was the worst Italians. was Bruno Rossetti from yeah. the Italian men's four. Yeah. Then yeah. he he got replaced. They put the guy from the pair into the four. He had to go and into the COVID hotel, and his and friends, third, right? his friends yeah, got the the third, the bronze, bronze medal, yeah. and they went yeah. home. 
to celebrate and have a good time whilst he had to sit in the in the hotel for two weeks before he could uh, he could go yeah, home. That's oh. so painful. <laughs> so painful. Um, so okay, but let's go back to the the actual race, Jake. You want to take it on there? Yeah, I mean, I just want to like so admit, uh, you know, everything's all this COVID stuff's happening, and you know, people are going down. Your poor brother went down, but despite that, you guys managed to get to the Olympics and. You lined up at your uh, on your heat. You had a really good race in the heat. Came away with the win, um, and then four days later, you raced the A final, and you had, you know, probably the the biggest race of your career. And I, I would love to hear what what the race was like as you were going down the track because you you had obviously known that the Australians were the were the crew to beat, um, and in in that A final, you guys really really took it to them, and a very strong last five hundred saw you finish. Um, I don't know. It was like point three of the of the Aussies in the women's final, yeah. and I mean, what a what an what an incredible race to be a part of. So for you, that must have been, you know, the, one of the most amazing experiences of your life. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I am not the best to remember my races. Normally, when directly after the race, of course, I can tell you something about it. But after me, I'm not the best to remember every every part. I just remember the water we had all the time. There was crosswinds. Yeah. I remember the conditions yeah. were not the easiest uh, we have ever had. And that, yeah, that it was very, very close. But beside that, I remember nothing of the rowing, if I have to be honest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. The Well, we can, we remember, we watched the race yeah. a, a few times and it was an incredible race. It was super close. You know, I think... As you know, the women's four coming into the Olympics, uh, Jake and I had always said that this is uh, and such an important boat class to to have at the Olympics. We were obviously very sad that we lost the the lightweight four for it, but we felt that this was such yes, a crucial yeah. boat class and necessary boat class to have at the Olympics. And I think straight out the out the the first Olympics it was in, it was uh, an unbelievable race, unbelievable performance from so many countries. And you know it just completely cemented itself as a as a boat class that uh, should have always been in the in the Olympic Games. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I mean it's it's for sure. So and then going through, I mean, uh, okay, so you don't maybe remember that much of the race, but what was it like crossing the the finish line and and knowing that you were uh, going to go and stand on the the Olympic podium? Well, you know you have a mix of emotions bec- because it's. Yeah, it's a big difference, you know, between having a silver medal and a gold medal. And it felt so close, you know, it, it felt like it, it slipped between your finger. You just didn't have it. And so that's that's um, part of the first reaction after, you know, of course, you are happy. Well, you have to be happy, I think, to, to win a silver medal. And after you also have all the, you know, the relief that you the final was done, that you didn't have. COVID in your crew because this well it, it, there was a lot of you know pressure from this too for me at, at yeah. least I felt and it was you know to know Finn was he was in this corona in this COVID uh, hotel and yeah everything um, together it was pretty an emotional mo- um, moment uh, you know to, to it, it's it's yeah it's it's really really special to to be at the, the podium of this moment where you worked for all these years, um, uh, all these years of training, you know, um, 
and that it you know it paid off and you are at the highest stage of the world um at the olympic games yeah it's it's really it was really really a special moment as coming from a you know your your family is is you come from a rowing family and what was it like you know your your father ronald was a two-time olympic champion so it, it, that must have been very special to stand on the podium and kind of emulate um what your you know what your father managed to do in his rowing career and, and share this the experience of standing on olympic podium together it must have been a very special thing um for you yes of course and um it's not like you know it's it's pretty hard you know to to do what he has done to to be a double olympic champion it's not what i am thinking about all the day but um yeah i'm sure you know he's very proud of us that we are uh rowing as well and that we are doing pretty well and um in the same time he you know he also because he 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 was so long in the rowing um he also knows he knows everything of it of course so mm. it's also that's why he in first instance he 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 would have liked to see us do other sports because he you know he already knows everything about it he he wants to protect us to make mistakes everything it's easier mm. to to let to i think maybe to let your children do a sport you know nothing about it but um and he doesn't he's also because i think the everything is even more stressful for him he doesn't watch our races because he can't handle he can't <laughs> handle the pressure and uh he's so nervous he's going he's going outside <laughs> and he, he comes back when it's done it's a hundred percent though like i so I mean I know I've uh, my family is also uh, has a lot of uh, rowing experience and uh, and a rowing you know um, between all my brothers and my parents there's been a lot of rowing in the in the family but it's definitely much worse to be watching racing than to be competing like when I watched my brother race in in London in 2012 that's probably the most nervous I've ever been. Uh, you know, because you have no control over the results and you have no, yeah. you know what they can do, what they're capable of. And, you know, just sitting there watching them race is, is worse. And I think um, there's such a good pic picture of my mom just holding the the flag over her face, not uh, not being able to to watch the race. So I can I can relate a lot. Um, but my question is going to be, that, you know, Obviously, you're not necessarily always racing at the Olympics and and racing at at you know um, at a World Champs, but you know what I found with you know a family that was uh, that had done a lot of rowing is that our you know every time we were together there was a lot of we we're speaking about rowing a lot, and I think a lot of my you know my knowledge about rowing and you know a lot of the technical elements of rowing were discussed you know just at uh, at family Sunday lunch. And was it the the same for you guys? Is it uh, is it a lot of rowing heavy conversation at the at the dinner table? Well, sometimes we speak about rowing. Sometimes, but we also try to keep it out of the door because then I well for us then it would be maybe too much rowing. And well, me personally, I'm 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 really happy to you know to have my to have my brother in the team. I really like yeah. that because. You you know you obviously you want the best for your brother and he wants the best for you and I I I think it's maybe even easier than to for example I don't have any sisters but then you could be also each other's concurrent but 
I don't know how it works because I don't have any sisters, but you know, we, we are never, we are, um, you know, I really want him to be the best of the mm. men's team and he wants to me to be the best of the women's team. So, um, and like you said, when I, I, I watched Finn's race, but it was so tough for me, you know, because you, you really, he was, he was fourth at the world championships, but really close to be uh, third mm. in quad. So you really, you know, you, it's, yeah, it's tough to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. For sure, definitely. It's it's really really tricky, and because you're so connected and you're so emotionally connected to the the result that it's it's hard, and you you can't you don't have any control over it as well, which always makes it uh, a little bit more tricky. Yeah, and still at the end of the day, it's nice. It's a nice feeling because you know you don't never. It doesn't matter what is the result that they will be proud of you. It's also a nice feeling that it doesn't really matter mm. what you do. They you know they will be. It's, yeah. it's a ride for them. doesn't matter. Yeah, actually, and just uh, speaking about that, then it reminds me of something. So my pair's partner, Sean, from uh, 2016, he always says this, uh, he says this line, um, when if we're doing a, a corporate event and we're talking about our, our racing, then he always says that because we're coming, when we in our race, when we're approaching the 1,000 meter mark, it wasn't going the best. We had a much better second 1,000. And we know we were slipping back and the, the Australians were coming, you know, closer to us. We were racing for like, we're in like fourth, fifth place at that point. And then Sean says, he thought, he thought to himself, you know, it's okay. Um, it's an Olympic A final, you know, I can finish sixth place and my mother will still love me <laughs> if I finish in, <laughs> uh, in sixth place. <laughs> and it's so true. And uh, luckily we, luckily we didn't uh, let that happen, but you know, it's, um, it's such a true thing that like no matter what happens you know your your family is gonna is gonna be there you know this brings us towards the the end of our interview and on on the podcast we have uh, these quick fire questions which we are a recurring set of questions we ask every guest on the show and uh the first question is if you could wait i did another i had one more question before we went to to quick fire questions jake on the we saw that you didn't have um like you're not you don't have a lot of social media you know you don't have instagram is that a just because you 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 don't? Is it just because, or is it you do you deliberately not have uh, have the, that much social media? Uh, I have Facebook, <laughs> but okay. it's correct. I don't have uh, I don't have Instagram. It's um, I had it a few years ago for a little while, but uh, well, me. I, I what I I think about Instagram is that you have so much so much like people pretend that their life is so nice and it's. And for example, I saw some uh, a girl, and you know, during the day she was all the time crying. In, in Instagram, you see her happy, smiling and drinking a coffee, and I'm like, you know, wh why you do? Why are you doing that? You, you know, why? Why everybody pretends to have such a perfect such life? Perfect life. At the same time, oh. I am a bit double in it because I also think it's a nice way, you know, to express. For example, from for rowing, you know, to um, share. Uh, your journey and share the sport and this of course it has some good uh, parts but um, yeah so I'm a bit double in it okay. but that's no, yeah, just, I, just... I don't have, right now I don't have okay. it okay nice no it was just a, a question that I had because you know it's um, I agree with you 100% I think it can be very dangerous or detrimental uh, and distraction to your your performance but on the other hand as you say it can also be a huge help if you know especially for 
I don't know, team sponsors and things. They always like that sort of thing. But then, yeah. and the other question I had is what, uh, off the, the topic is where do you, where do you keep your Olympic medal? Where, where is it right now? Uh, well, I have an old protein box and I put all my medals in it. <laughs> but my <laughs> even, the Olympic, the even Olympic your medal, Olympic medal. In the book. No okay. Olympic medal is, you know, you have a box with it. I'd see in this book. Nice. Yeah. I keep mine in the, just in my cupboard. Actually, at the moment, it's on <laughs> right now, it's on my table, but it's only because I needed it this week. But usually, it's just with my socks, yeah, and where the most important belongings are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, let's go to quick five questions. I think you said yeah. you've listened to the show, so I'm sure you you know what's coming. Um, and uh, see what your, what your answers bring us, mm. yeah, so. The first, the first question is, if you could race any boat class at the Olympic Games, which would it be? Uh, single skull. Single skulls. Is that yeah, is it's... that because you now you now rowing in the single skulls and you that's that's the that's the goal at the moment. Yeah, of course it depends. You know how it's going. If with the national selection, you never know what's going to happen. Um, you know, also internationally, you know, maybe someone is going to step up and to or to improve and. Uh, me not but i hope i will improve as well and to to be able to qualify and to to row in this i i would love to do that but mm. i'm also open you know i i also like to row other boats so you will see and it must uh, it must have been like a a process through the year because obviously at the beginning of the year it was cool let me try it out let me see how i how i go then you start to do a little bit better you know then you're a bit more confident in the single now you're a world champion it must be you know, you're you're obviously thinking more and more about racing. You know, the Olympics or or, or you know next year in the into the in the single, as it goes better and better. Yeah, of course, and it's also I think like everything. You know, it's it's nice when when you have some success. So imagine if I would have been all the time fourth, then I would like I would I really would like to be in another boat. And also, you know, I don't I also don't exclude that. Maybe I will be in. I don't know. I I I also really would. Yes. I also really would like to row in a double or in a pair. It's also I really like those boats too, for example. Mm. But nice. I really wanted to change, to be honest, after the Olympic Games, uh, because I rode s such a long time in four. I really would like. Uh, you know, you you don't really know what it's going to bring. The new season, everything was changing. But I I knew I would like to row in a different boat than the women's four. Even though I really. Uh, love this boat but i wanted to to do something different then so our next question doesn't kind of fit with that um very well because it's about who would you choose to row with if you if you had to go and 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 row in a in a crew boat so we can change it up a little bit what would you if you it wasn't a race it's not going to compete you just had to go out there on the water and uh, and row with three people from any time anywhere maybe a quad or a four who, which uh, three people are you you going to choose to to put in your boat? Well, I really would love to row one time with uh, Ekaterina Karsten. Mm, a legend, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And um, well, if I can add someone else to my boat, it would be uh, Emma Twig. <laughs> I think that would be a really good uh, person to have in your boat. And... Um, Third one, uh, it would be 
uh, Veronique from the Dutch team would be also in my boat. So okay. I, nice. I didn't. Who was the last member? I didn't hear that. Veronique, Veronique, Veronique Meester. She was. Uh, she she oh, wasn't there with. The stroke. Yes. The stroke, yes, the stroke yes, yes. of your Sorry. fall. Yeah. Yes. No, that's quite a that's quite a deadly combination. I see. It's quite funny because we actually spoke to Imogen Grant from Great Britain, who raced a lightweight double at World Champs, and we asked her in this question. She also put Emma Twig in the boat. So. Emma seems to be a hot favorite in these uh, in these boats, but I'm not surprised because I think you know she's absolute legend in the sport. So, you know that was there's yeah. a lot of wisdom there with Ekaterina, Emma, and Veronique to to race with, or to row with. Yeah. Hmm. So the the next question is: What is your favorite rowing race that you find yourself watching over and over again? It doesn't have to be one of your own; just any any sort of race from whichever event across the years. Well, I remember a race that I found really spectacular was in uh, 2017 in Sarasota, the men's pair. Oh. And the Italians that won it. That that race, it gave me really some shiver, some goosebumps. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, because it was so it was so tight, and the Italian he was all he was only looking out of the boat at the other, and it was it was such a close race. Mm. Yeah, I found it really amazing to watch. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the most impressive races ever. And, you know, the, the Sinkovich brothers are such incredible kind of competitors. They always rise to the occasion and they always uh, put their best effort out there. So I think for the Italians to beat them, they really had to um, go that little bit extra. And, you know, the last 500 meters of that race were was absolutely incredible. And Jake has the, the best stat for that race uh, on the speed of that last 500, Jake. Yeah, so the... The speed of the Italian men's pair in the last 500, they rode a faster time than the, the Australians did that won in the men's four. Uh, so I think the Aussies did a 131 oh, in the wow. last 500, and the Italians did a 130 in the men's pair to win that race. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I really like the races, you know, where you have such a, a fast sprint, for example. Uh, the Roma It's really, I think, a Romanian style. They do yeah. it a lot, like the last 500 meter, 250, last 250 meter, they go grade 50 or higher and it doesn't look always nice, but they make have really a big uh, shift in speed, uh, how to say, yeah. shift in speed, yeah, and I, the, I really like to, to watch that. Yeah, it goes, throws back to one of our first episodes, we had uh, uh, the legend Olaf Tufta on the, on the show and he spoke to us about shocking the boat. Uh, in the last 200 meters and how you have to, you know, you have to let the boat speed almost start to drop and then you have to kick it up to, to change boat speed. And it's, uh, it's one of the, the best kind of analogies of, of going into a sprint that I've ever heard. To rest a little bit and then do your sprints. Yeah. yeah like I almost to, you, I don't know how yeah, much resting you can, be, you're doing, you can, you can be doing, <laughs> but yes, I think, uh, I agree with you. The, the the next question for our, our quick fire questions is um if you were in charge at world rowing what would you change the website yes <laughs> the website is, yes. is a nightmare yes <laughs> that is the <laughs> that's the best answer we've ever had <laughs> we and it would be so easy cuz you could just change back to the old, old website one. that exactly. was perfect yeah, the old yeah. website was fantastic 
Yeah. Oh, no, it's, I'm so happy. That's the that's the best answer because you know when Jake and I when we do the research for the the show and then we go through everyone's results and you know you want to click through and you you really can on the old website it was the best you could do it so easily you could pull up someone's results so quickly and now it's it's quite a process to to go through and and look and and find everyone's kind of results and performances it's it's become very difficult <laughs> for us yeah so it's a, it's a touchy honest, subject I, I was looking for uh for you both also on world rowing and i i couldn't find jake but maybe it's my my mistake but i i didn't arrive to find him yeah oh, that's probably you know it's it's probably wall drawing but yeah, they probably took you off, Jake. They, they took probably you just off. took me off. <laughs> <laughs> I already got a. I already got. So they they sent me a message saying that they were gonna. They gave me a copyright strike on Instagram. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just get erased <laughs> from all drawing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. They're like, cool, <laughs> you're out. Oh shit! But no, um, it, it is it is quite funny. And the the old website, yeah, it was which much better. I don't know what happened there. They just made it look pretty, but functionality wise, poor. Yeah, for example, now with uh, you had the world, uh, the coastal rowing world championships, mm. and I, you know, you, I tried to follow it a little bit. My little brother was uh, competing, but to find the result and everything, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a drama. <laughs> yeah, for sure, it is, it is a and, drama. And I think particularly, you know, like I, I mean, I spend a lot of time on the world rowing website, so you kind of get used to it and you, you can navigate it um, like, okay. But, you know, if you're trying to bring new people into, into the sport and you're trying to encourage new people to watch rowing and to, to be involved in it, the website is not helping them at all because to go on there as someone that doesn't know anything about rowing, um, they're not going to be able to find any, yeah, anything totally on, the, agree. on the website. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, you're right. It should be more accessible for people that are not from the rowing community and that they just want to follow the races to be more clear where they have to go. Mm. Yeah. So, the the next question on the list is uh, the fan favorite, every, the one that everyone wants to know about is uh, what is your your personal best on the two thousand meter erg test? Um, I well, right now we start to do it on the RP three. Mm. And I did my last test was some time ago, and I did six twenty seven. Jesus, okay. oh, that's that's nice. pretty good. So we have a we have a list of of everyone that's uh, that's ever been on the show that's um, that's compete that's competed, um, you know that, and then we get their their numbers and we put the the numbers into the table. So you you're doing pretty pretty well. So okay, the RP three so it's slightly different, but we're just gonna we're gonna put it in as is. But you'll be super glad to know that you pip Emma Twig two seconds, Emma six twenty nine. So you're coming but in at a, on a the every three or on the no. on the concept? No, on the on the normal because I don't know we, we when we I don't know how many seconds it would be different on the on the RP three, but still six twenty seven on the on the RP three is not uh is not something that uh, most people can do anyway. And then you're just behind uh, Kim Brennan, so you come you come in at second on our on our list. Um, so even though it's RP three, it's still it's right up at the it top, makes, which it, is very very cool. I I, I, I have to confess that it, it it makes a it makes a difference with the the concept. It mm. depends a bit. There are different numbers, but 
it's easier to have a better score on RP3 than on the concept. Yeah. Yeah. And you're and based on the on the concept too? But uh, you haven't done that for... Because the Dutch team hasn't been on the concept too for a long time. Well, for the women, it's a little bit different. We Because uh, the men, they were not on the concept too for a long time. But we, until 20... Yeah, so 2021, 20, I, I was on the concept. My best on the concept too is six... Um, thirty-eight. Okay, six thirty-eight. That, that yeah. still puts you just behind Kerry uh, Kerry Gowler, tie with uh, Caroline Lind from the the US uh, women's crew, uh, just ahead of Emily Regan from the US women's crew. So ahead of Vicky Thornley, you beat I'm a Lamb from the Irish women's four from last year. Helen Glover, Jevy Stone. So you you right up there. I mean, that's uh, you 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 both those times are very very respectful. Yeah, and just uh, it's uh, it's Kerry Williams now, Lawrence. You got to get your, you oh, get your sorry, sorry. <laughs> I got caught up in the in the numbers, and I'm sorry. Won't happen um, again. So, Karen, I'm interested. What was your you know what is the what is the the, the like the change between the the Ugo and the the RP3? Why do you guys why do you guys use the RP3 instead? Um, yeah, because the head coach wants this. This is the reason, but it's also um, it it looks more like rowing, I think, because on the you know on the on the concept, I don't have to explain it to you, but you are you know you are moving all the time your own uh, body to the mm. front, back, everything. And on the airplane three, the it's more it's it comes dynamic. closer to rowing, I think. Yeah, it's more dynamic. Dynamic and. Um, yeah, it's it's um, you can get more speed from the rate. It's easier to have higher rate on the EP3, and I really I really enjoy I enjoy it. But I really like to do uh, training also on the EP3. Um, I think it's it's better it's better for your back in the end. Mm, yeah. Uh, than to do long training on the concept and um, yeah, it's it's what they choose uh, for the Dutch team to, to do the, all the tests. We do everything now on the RP3. I, I'm a big fan of the RP3. I think it is it is very good for your, your back and it feels much more like rowing. But I, I just, yeah. yeah, I agree that uh, it's difficult when everyone else, in when, when you know, in general, most people are on the, the concept because it's so, what, what's nice about the concept is so consistent. You can compare yeah. the results much easier. We find that the RP3 kind of and it's difficult it doesn't always work as smoothly and you know you sometimes don't have the screen charged and then it's you know it's yeah. it's always a bit more of a battle is i feel like the concept is like bulletproof exactly this is true then going into the the last question is if you were to choose a different sport to go to the olympic games in what sport would you what sport would you choose and why well uh, a sport i really love and i did it uh, before i rode is uh, judo and um, I really, I really love that sport. So this, but I, if I would choose another sport to go to Olympics, I would choose to do a winter sport. Mm. I would like to go to the Winter Games. And I think if I want to make a chance to do go to the Winter Games, I have to go to the Dutch curling team. So then I would do <laughs> curling. <laughs> wow, yeah, they're quite know. good. I don't know much about the curling team, and especially not the Dutch curling team. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't think they're the Dutch curling. We have really good ice skating. Ice skating is really uh, yeah. one of the Dutch top 
best sports, but curling. I don't. I don't have the impression we have a good team. So maybe that, for that I could. I is could that because you want to change from rowing is such an intense aerobic sport and it's so painful to race, and then you want to switch over to something that's a very high pressure, but you much more technical. You don't have to work aerobically nearly as hard. Well, I'm assuming I've never done curling, so. But what what I can yeah gather. I also I also have this impression. Well, I I love to do I would love to do ice skating. I really like to do ice skating, but I know I can't be uh, good enough for ice skating. Mm. So you you know you have to. It's for example with rowing uh, in Holland we have a lot of people that come from the student clubs. It's like 50 percent juniors, fifty percent from the student clubs. But with ice skating, it doesn't really work like this. You know, you can have a big physical base, but it's so technical. So you really have to start young. I don't know exactly at which young. Yes. The 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 judo. Were you did you take that up because you you had to stay stronger and better than your brother when you were growing up? Sorry, with the judo, I was stronger than my uh, brother for sure. Yeah. Were you? <laughs> were, is that why you started to to take judo to make sure that your brother couldn't uh, couldn't ever get uh, stronger or, or bully you at all? Well, we we did both. <clears throat> we were together uh, <laughs> in the judo group, but uh, Finn he started to to grow really late. So I was stronger <laughs> than him until he was eight <laughs> years old, I think. Yeah. And. Nice. Um, but with the judo, we we cha- finally we changed to rowing also because with the judo we were not too bad, but we had to move to another city if we really wanted to take it to the next step, you know, to do more training. And with yeah. rowing, it's really easy. You know, you have your rowing club. You can go every day to your rowing club. You can do weightlifting every, every day when you want. Yes. You can do your training. And with the we went to a judo school. You know, you have your different uh, your specific time. Uh, two times per week and it's not like you can go uh, mm. when you want to the to this place so besides that that brings us to the the end of our interview and just want to say a huge huge thanks carolyn for giving us your time and coming on the show and chatting about your career it's been an absolute pleasure and we should have said at the beginning but better late than never huge congratulations on your 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 racing the season it was really exciting to watch thank you Thank you very much too for your for your time and for having me on the show. It's been really nice. No, absolute pleasure. It was uh, really cool, really interesting. I think the the listeners will will really really enjoy that. So yeah, huge thanks. Um, I'm gonna stop the the recording now. Cool. So that is a wrap for our Caroline Florin episode. And Jake, what did you think? What an incredible incredible athlete and i think it's an athlete that we are going to be speaking about um many years to to come and more and more especially going into the the paris olympic games yeah for sure and i was just still blown away by the the season she's had like we've had quite a few not a lot of athletes have been able to switch both classes and disciplines and, and pick up such success it reminds me of the episode with Derek porter after he won the eight in 1992 and then became world champion the following year and you know Karen is sort of following in his um, footsteps by picking up silver medal at the Olympics in the women's four and then winning the gold in the women's skull and you know just getting just chatting about that experience and the switch into the new boat classes was really cool um, and just you know she, I thought it was really cool to get a an understanding of what, what it was like training in the skull and going into world champs and dealing with the, the sickness 
Um, I thought there's quite a lot of insightful things there for people to take away and, and, you know, just athletes and people in general handling a lot of pressure and COVID as well. I mean, COVID at the Olympics was a big thing that she spoke about. Yeah. And like, it just reminds me, like every time I th- we, we get into the COVID conversation, I'm like, oh, you know, like everyone's so over talking about COVID, but it's, it's such a big topic and, you know, we forget how much it affected every single athlete and how like crazy our lives were at that point of, you know, Tokyo was just, feels like another planet basically that we were, that we were sitting on their COVID tests every day, not even looking, let alone like breathing anyone uh, near anywhere, anyone else. And I think the, the amount of stress that that caused, um, I think was, was quite high and you can hear now and, and every athlete has their own story, their own challenges and, I mean, it just reminds me exactly why we do the show is that, you know, something that's so simple, um, you know, has so many repercussions and so many and affects everyone in a, in a different way. So, um, yeah, just the, the COVID conversation was was quite wild, actually, to to and the, the further away it gets, the more wild for me it's it becomes. Yeah. And um I just think it's uh, it does seem to a certain extent. I know it's an ongoing thing, but yes, the the Olympics last year was ridiculous with uh, the COVID restrictions. But I think Carolyn's definitely a name that we'll have again on the, on the road show for sure. I think she's got a fantastic career ahead of you, ahead of her. But uh, besides that, guys, just a bit of housekeeping. Thanks for our patrons for supporting us. If you're interested in in supporting the show, you can go have a look there. Otherwise, go follow us on social media. You can get in contact with us. And uh, we would we always love to hear your suggestions and engage with our listeners out there. Um, yeah, that was in a fantastic episode. Hundred percent. Thanks for listening, and we're out. Cheers, guys and girls. Nice.